Do you ever feel like you must keep adventuring? Do you get tired of it? It sometimes feels that I'm only as good as my answer to the question, what's next? I hate that. I felt it as a pressure on my life for many years. I interviewed explorer Ed Stafford about this issue for my book Grand Adventures after he walked the length of the Amazon from source to sea. He said, I still find it extraordinary that you can do something that no human has ever done before and people just consume that bit of information and then move on to what you're going to do next. It's like, who said I'm going to do anything next? I might just go home and have a cup of tea. I personally think that, in terms of massive expeditions, if I haven't proved what I wanted to prove to myself by walking two and a half years through the Amazon, then I'm probably going to be forever chasing it if I don't look for a slightly different option. I think to try and do a bigger expedition, then a bigger expedition, and then a more dangerous expedition, isn't the way to prove that yourself. I think everyone needs to not allow chapters of their lives to define them. There are certainly times when I would love to end the performing monkey part of being a working adventurer. It weighs on me that if I'm to stay relevant and continue earning a living from adventure, I need to keep coming up with clever ideas and shouting about them. If I won the lottery, I would keep going on adventures. I'd keep writing, I'd keep the podcasts, I'd keep doing a few talks, but I would stop the self-promotion and social media. I'm very aware that I am my own golden goose. Whilst I keep dancing in the spotlight, everything should be fine. I'll earn enough to keep the wolf from the door. But what happens when the music stops? What happens when my knees are creaky? What happens when I cannot bear to tell the same stories one more time? What will I do next? I don't know yet. Once I stop being interesting, this career is over. Sometimes I do want to go back to normal. Yet in this regard, I feel like many a middle-aged person with a mortgage, kids to feed and a fear that changing tack would be folly. I'm sure that I'm no longer employable in an office environment. My enthusiasm to work in schools has waned. I don't have many skills beyond the world I work in. If I made a significant change in direction, I would go back to the bottom of the ladder in terms of income, prestige and competence. Of course, if that ladder was a lifestyle that filled me with joy and purpose, it would feel worth doing. However, as I still love my working life, I suspect that I'm destined to be a working adventurer forever. One wearing aspect is telling the same old stories time after time. Some days I have to take a deep breath, strap a smile to my face and remind myself that of course I need to talk about busking through Spain or crossing the empty quarter. Without such experiences, I'm vastly diminished as an adventurer. I recently had reason to listen to one of my first podcast interviews from way back in 2008. To my horror, I could predict verbatim many of my answers a dozen years later, because they are still the same word-for-word -word answers I give today. Somebody punch me, please. I'm better at shaking topics up in my talks than many of my adventuring friends who speak on autopilot. Every year I sit down, tear apart the slides that I've used for my presentations and begin again with newer stories and fresh insights. But inevitably, the best stories and the best photos remain.
This means that my glory days get reduced to a handful of snaps and regurgitated anecdotes long after the boys of summer have gone. In contrast, many wonderful experiences get shelved from my repertoire as they don't make for such slick shtick. These then tend to get muscled out of my memory by the noisiest sound bites. Either way, I feel that my adventures get diluted either by telling too much or not enough. Spare a thought then for astronaut Michael Collins, who suffered this fate far worse than me after returning from the moon. He thundered, If one more fat cigar smoker blows smoke in my face and yells at me, what was it really like up there? I think I might bury my fist in his flabby gut. I have had it with the same question over and over again. Collins worried that he shared with Buzz Aldrin a mild melancholy about future possibilities. For it seems to me that the list of exciting things to do here on Earth has diminished greatly in the wake of the lunar landings. I just can't get excited about things the way I could before Apollo 11. He also accepted that there was money hanging around, but it's tainted PR money, trading great piles of greenbacks for tiny bits of soul in an undetermined but unsatisfactory ratio. All Collins really wanted to do was spend the rest of my days catching fish and raising dogs and children and sitting around on a patio drinking gin and talking to my wife. At times, I would love to join him. Quick question. What adventure are you scared of not doing? So often in life, we worry about the consequences of the things that we do but only rarely do we fear the consequences of not doing something. At the moment, I can't think of an adventure that I'm scared of not doing. But the prospect of not living as adventurously as I can scares me. It's one of the biggest drivers in my life. This is connected to the ticking countdown of my life that seems to hang over me more than most people. Right now, this means immersing myself in nature, learning to look, being curious wherever I go, watching the seasons and living as deeply as I can in my local landscape. These burn stronger in me today than the kind of adventures that lit me up for the past quarter of a century, such as crossing the Sahel, kayaking the Lena or exploring the Chaco wilderness. <laughs>